Hey everybody, George here with another episode of the In Good Spirits podcast. My friend here, Chris. George, how you doing today? It's a chilly day here in Rochester, but a beautiful day. I'm doing all right. You know, I'm uh, I'm alive. Yes. Not quite getting the end well part down, but is anyone? <laughs> how about you? How you doing? I'm about the same. Yeah, things are things are okay. It's uh, I'm happy that we're in the start of a long weekend, at least for me. I'm sure you'll be busy, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I sure will. Every holiday's busy for you, right? It is. It absolutely is. And I'm actually working on the holiday for the first time ever. Oh, wow. Look at you. Yeah, it's usually a day off, but... No, people need their wines and turns into other stuff, depending on the context and uh, whatever else, so... <laughs> Wine for dinner and a few minis for your pocket to handle the in-laws, or so <laughs> yeah. people tell me. Oh, I'm gonna I'm going to see family for the first time since... Ooh, man, since before Christmas, which I'm kind of excited uh, about. I am still not able to see my family, waiting on everybody to get their second stabs from the government. Yeah, we're we're there now, thankfully. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it'll be nice to get to see family again. And I might bring a little bit just to ease the, uh, ease the transition. <laughs> I mean, you can't show up empty-handed, right? Oh, no, of course not. <laughs> that goes without saying. Ah, but I might bring, I mean, hell, I might bring a sample of this, which is, like, we've got a spectacular, spectacular whiskey that we're going to be talking about today. And the label is, like, perfect for Easter because it's, like, baby blue and a delicate lime green. Yeah, it is, and it is an amazing name. Can you tell me about what this is, George? I don't know. I've never. This bottle is unopened. I know nothing about it. Fresh crack Fridays. <laughs> yeah, FCF. Nah. Um, so, yeah, this is this is the sec. Uh, I've had one before, so I have a bottle. We and we uh, we talked about a bottle of a uh, limited release bottle of the uh, Weimer um, uh, Weimer uh, Riesling cask finish, which was amazing and a great bottle. I had had one or two before, I think, at, you know, tastings, but this is the second one I've purchased, and this one is called Seagrass, and the labels, I mean, it is beautiful. And because I was being a dick instead of actually answering, <laughs> I don't think we mentioned, this is from Barrel. Yes. And uh, despite the fact that I'm really actually cracking this bottle open live on this recording, so it's not really live, but still, you know what I mean. I have had it before. I actually bought it this bought my own bottle this morning because we were gonna film some samples we've already you know, we've got a list of things we are gonna do, but Yeah, yeah. It's just, just this is so damn good that we need to talk about it. Oh yeah. Well and uh just as a recap for people that aren't as familiar with barrel, um they're a blending company. So they're buying from different distilleries um and blending, you know, newer, older to come up with a, I don't know, a dynamic profile. And then their trademark is barrel finishes, a lot of different barrel finishes, at least on their big flagships, and then a diversity of other ones in limited releases. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, so they've got some that are unfinished, and then they've got some that are. And definitely, in my opinion, the better ones are the finished ones for a multitude of reasons. One being they're just delicious. But also, I think that despite the fact that they're not distilling a single drop of anything, 
they're very much a craft producer because they're doing so much to to the spirits themselves through secondary casking and blending that they're really truly influencing the final product far more than uh, most, we'll say, blend houses would or yeah. independent bottlers would. One, I think that's fair. And when you read the description on this bottle, you know, it sounds like a lot. So this is this is a rye. Uh, most of the other ones I've tried have been bourbons. So this is a rye finished in Martinique rum, a Madeira, and apricot brandy barrel. So we're talking three finishes on this uh, cask strength uh, bottle. So this one's running 118. Uh, 118 proof and been triple finished after initial blending. I believe they're um, they're actually blending three different barreling. Like instead okay. of instead of bouncing from one cask to the next, they're uh, they have three lots of barrels. So the three different types of barrel and blending to taste, which is um, well, you know, a lot of other places do it, but it's a very Japanese approach okay. to it, where it's like all these different components you can have a little more precision in how the end result is instead of saying all right now transfer it to this barrel for a little bit okay this tastes good take it out put in the other uh you get a little more control and this one actually before i forget to mention it is a blend of american and canadian rye oh interesting i didn't read any more into it so i'm glad you mentioned that because that's that's definitely interesting um, and we were talking about three finishes. All of these finishes are distinct and have their own intensity. Like none of those are simple finishes. These aren't like, oh, we just threw it in another used bourbon barrel or we threw it in a, you know, something else. These are all very distinct finishes in of themselves. They are. And <clears throat> it's one of those things where, how the hell do you even think to use an apricot brandy cask for something? I totally oh, yeah. get the rum cask using Martinique rum. It's a little more rum geek rum. So that's a little off the beaten path per se, but, and like Madeira cask, it's not used a lot, but it's definitely not unheard of. And, but who would have thought to put these three together? Uh, the intent in their release of this is to evoke like the, the feel or the the flavor if you will of like being by the ocean and i would say this this kind of that kind of hits that for sure yeah and i think at the same time um you know we're, we haven't even gotten to any to nosing or anything <laughs> else and yeah it's 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 got some intensity to it there's no doubt but everything about it is intense but i think really works together and both you and i are rum like rum nerds, we like weird, we like funky, we like intense when it comes to rum. <coughs> and combined with the, you know, this has got some of those rum notes, but the Madeira rounds it all out at the same time. So you're balancing the funk with the intensely, you know, that intense, you know, rehydrated dried fruit uh, characteristic and then apricots very light but it kind of finishes with it yeah for sure like what you know what before we just start talking about how it tastes without <laughs> tasting it like because we could we could talk about this whiskey before we even put our lips to it oh yeah <laughs> but the nose anyway 
Like, it's so Madeira with, like, it's that sweet, creamy, um, almost raisiny type note going on, but there's so much behind it, too. Yeah, you know what I'm kind of getting? And I know this is going to be very odd, like, um, like dried pluots, um, (laughs) Yo, uh, what what the fuck's a pluot? <laughs> what is a pluot? So a pluot is a cross between a plum and, and an apricot, edging towards the plum side. So there's apriums, which are apricot forward. There's pluots, which are plum forward, and plumcots, which are closer to 50-50 blend of plums and apricots. Plumcot's a terrible name. Um, <laughs> so, really quick tangent because I'm actually really interested. How are they crossbreeding? Like, what I've, are they? Is I, it grafting or is it? I have no idea. I know. Okay. I've, so, when we were in California, um, we had tried three different versions. We had tried, you know, different versions of pluots, and then we had tried a plumcot and a aprium because they had all of them at the farmers market we were at. And it was really interesting. You can find them in the, in our area in upstate New York, uh, mostly pluots, but kind of rare. It's only a couple places that even think about growing them. Pittsford Wegmans is probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you, you actually can find them there. Um, but it the reason I say that is because it's got that. Um, it's not just apricot dried, although that's there. But I think it's that rounder, redder dried fruit as well, but not cherry. Yeah, I would agree with that. That I I see exactly what you're saying. That I agree completely, and but like cool in there too, though in the nose, both and on the palate, is that like that rum funk kind of, the rum funk is kind of like, like the the baseline. If this were a song, you know, it's like, it's that, that heartbeat of it. It just persists right through the whole thing, but it's not drowning anything out. It's elevating everything. Yeah, it's like accenting all the other notes. Yeah, I think the really interesting part is that the high funk notes of the rum, you know, it's that, we've talked about it before, it's that airiness that turns into some of those, what some people consider odd or off flavors or noses. It actually merges really well with the high proof part of it. So the rum funk actually crosses in with the, like, the ethanol high alcohol part of the nose. So you're getting that sharpness that kind of rides into that, you know, high, the high funky rum notes. Oh man. I heard everything you said. I agreed with everything you said, but then I just got totally distracted by how good this is. Wow. And like, so what's really cool about this is again, like I get that Madeira note up front with the rum note and the rum note keeps cruising through to then, more mid palate it's that that fruit that apricot that uh perlot or whatever <laughs> perlot pluot pluot per, all right perlot's <laughs> a winery or a, a wine release from someone uh but the finish gets really weird to me in a good way like it's almost like sushi grade seaweed is what i get on the finish like it's very i don't want to say herbaceous but green like seagrassy if you will like they yeah and that's fair i think for me that's where it gets into i think the lingering on the palate yes you're getting some of those almost tanniny notes of the like that madeira you know those dark tanniny notes 
uh, for me, what I'm grabbing onto is the linger, which I love, are those odd plasticky rum notes. You know, those those like odd chemically rum notes. And I don't say that as a negative at all, but that's the part that's kind of lingering. That salty, odd chemically rum note is kind of, you know, sitting on the back. As I would it, agree. As yeah. Like that, that like vinyl pool liner thing. Yeah. Only very little bit though. Like I get no, that. No, it, yeah. So I get that too, but it kind of comes with the, the uh, seaweediness. So it's kind of like, seaweed salty vinyl pool liner yeah but in a very good way not like it's one of those things where like rum notes that come like <laughs> just in general that they, they sound fucking terrible oh yeah completely. and but they're not like no. it's you know it's like it's like scotch like it smell it tastes like iodine and well pd scotch iodine and band-aids you know yeah. that doesn't sound good but it is you know no this is this is super dynamic and i think that's you know, that, that pool note is actually really apt. Like I could see this on a hot day, you know, like a beautiful day outside near some sort of water. It doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter if it's seaside or poolside. Like this feels, it feels like you should be drinking it in a really beautiful sunny day in the shade near the water. Yeah. It's very maritime. Like they nailed, they nailed what they were going for with it. And I think that's awesome. Absolutely. And I got to say, I mean, even though, again, we're talking about something that's multiple cask finished, you know, blended together, big. I mean, this is a big whiskey. This is not light. It's not subtle. It's it's punchy. But at the same time, it's not that challenging. Like, it's got some of those challenging notes, but they're balanced with all that rounded, sweet fruitiness um rehydrated you know whiny fruit um it's super balanced considering how punchy as hell it is yeah that's exactly right like the balance is the most impressive part of this like well i would say the balance is as impressive as nailing what they're going for on it. but yeah it's big it's bold but it's balanced and balance is one of the most important things that i think is eluded uh, eluded or not eluded elusive to uh, a lot of producers yeah and sometimes sometimes i want just punchy like i've got a couple you know couple rums and other things like sitting on my shelf that are just intensely rummy funky weirdness they're not balanced at all like the reason this works and something like uh, like cask strength lefroig works is that shockingly there's balance in the intensity and everything about this, and I think reiterating what we said the last time with barrel is, I'm not saying you have to go out and buy a bottle right away, but if you have a chance to try it, if you have a chance to sample it, go for it. If you like well thought out blending and finishing, I mean, you're not going to go wrong buying their products. I haven't had anything from them that have actively disliked or is even neutral about i've liked everything i've had from them i would mostly agree there's been some of their normal bourbon releases where i'm like okay this is okay but a lot of them are like damn they're good but yeah they are i i think when it comes to independent bottling blender type places probably the 
one of the best in the United States. Yeah. If not the best independent bottler, non-distiller producer doing something like tangibly that not, I don't know. No, but I think this, I think think what you're getting is, you know, when you're, this is a distinct expression of somebody's mind that they thought this was a good idea. And the fact that somebody thought of this is spectacular in of itself. Right. And, you know, between this and I think we have to, uh, we'll talk about one of the other ones at some point, the Armida, which is the rather intense standard release. But, you know, combining three things into something that's harmonious is a feat in of itself. And to be honest, at the price point, I think this is a value. I think this is a truly unique expression that you're not going to get almost anywhere else. I would agree completely. It sits around low low to mid 70s, somewhere around like 70, 72 ish. Yeah. And considering the kind of stuff that gets allocated and isn't available at all and this is at that price point like i could see this becoming something that becomes rare and vastly more expensive these kind of releases but i mean it's delightful i mean this this is unique and it's not just the same like oh this is big fancy allocated whiskey this is unique and if you want to share something with somebody i go for this all day even if you don't want to share it go get it man it's good (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fair enough anyway uh any final thoughts on it or no, do we kind of i think we kind of covered i think we covered it, it and you know we're going to be back again uh you know relatively soon with another standard episode where we'll cover a couple a uh, couple whiskeys in a category and um you know now that we're hitting vaccination we're looking at doing some uh looking doing uh, some rum episodes and some other stuff. Cause we talk about rum nerdery and now we want to dive into it. Hell yeah. Rum's cool as shit, man. Super excited about that. We're, we're, we don't discriminate just on whiskey. We love everything. So we want to dive in. Yeah. It's in good spirits, not in good whiskey. Yeah, exactly. So we will be back next time on in good spirits. George, where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram at whiskey Jedi with the E. And also we just got a domain so you can find us at igspodcast.com beautiful and where can you be found oh you can find me at stromy on twitter and instagram you can also find me curatemeals.com if you're in the rochester area uh onto our uh, fifth and sixth deliveries and having a great time delivering cool food to people and we're going to start doing pickups at uh one of my favorite places in rochester beautiful venue the german house in rochester so very excited about that that's awesome man hell yeah well george enjoy the weekend enjoy whatever family time you get and to everybody out there cheers cheers